Welcome to the Chug and Chat podcast. This is... And Liz! <laughs> As you can see, I'm here today solo. Soul Mo. Not this time. Soul Liz. So I'm here by myself today because, as you guys know, my incredible co-host, Mo, had a baby this summer. So she's been kind of busy doing mom-like things, um, you know, like basically one of the hardest feats of all time, motherhood, raising a newborn. So she's been a little bit busy. So we had some recording time scheduled together and baby stuff happens. And so here I am. And, you know... We could have done plenty of using using recordings from other times and fooled y'all, some of you, anyway, into thinking that, you know, we had recorded together for this time. But in the spirit of this podcast being about, you know, dissecting sometimes difficult things to think about and feel, I just thought in my full disclosure, I would talk about the fact that, you know, as a woman who is not married and not anywhere close to motherhood and not sure if I ever will be, you know, I'm, I'm constantly kind of in this internal battle with myself of, you know, feeling FOMO. Like, I do want to have a kid now that all of my, or not all of my enemies, but many of my friends are starting to have children. And many of them are having daughters, which is really freaking cool. So it's been hard not to have FOMO. And then on the other hand, you guys know that we've talked about Rebecca Tracer's All the Single Ladies and, you know, really just all of the research and data that shows that, you know, motherhood has, unfortunately, and marriage really detrimental effects on women's careers, um, you know, mostly pay-wise, but that goes hand in hand with development as well, since you're getting higher positions and promotions. So, you know, it's something that I think about a lot. Not because I'm thinking about Mo not making any more money. She runs her own successful business, and so I think she will be just fine. But just because, you know, I really am wrestling with, like, oh my god, motherhood, it's this cool, beautiful, wonderful thing. And then, you know, going back to, like, is it, like, possible to, like, have your own life and your own independence, like, in any way with a kid? And I know the answer is yes, you know, in a, the short answer is yes, I suppose. But I'm, I imagine it takes a lot of work, you know, to find your identity after your entire world has changed, you know, your hormones, your body, like your entire existence has changed for this child, which is beautiful and incredible. But I can't help but sometimes feel disappointed and scared and, you know, um, sad when Morgan and I don't get to talk about the things in real time like we have before simply because life. And that certainly isn't to say that my job or other things don't provide, mm, you know, uh, unavailability <laughs> or the need to prioritize our livelihood or, you know, other things more important than this podcast as much as we would like to pretend it's the most important thing in the world. It's not. So, you know, it's, it's no judgment on Morgan in any way, but it's hard not to feel in pain because part of it is just, you know, you feel like you're losing your friend a little bit just because you're not doing the exact same thing. So that's a little bit natural. But there is this separation, I feel, between myself and now young women that I know who are mothers because, I mean, it's paradoxical, right? <laughs> your life, again, completely shifts. So it's something that is on my mind a lot as my friends are having babies and I want to figure out the best way even if I don't become a mother myself, 
to support mothers out there because as a true feminist, I need to be completely inclusive. And to, you know, for the record, I want to be <laughs> in case that you know wasn't sounding clear just because of my kind of doomsday um, intense way of kind of processing through this and working through it. It would be helpful um, to have someone to talk to about it. And Morgan and I do plan to talk about this and, and get started on it really soon because honestly, it's just as important, if not more, to hear her perspective. Like how cool would it be for us to have you know, an opportunity to have two women who care about a lot of the same issues and are unpacking our privilege. And now we're on almost complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, you know, one of us is not married, doesn't have kids, lives in a 750 square foot apartment in a city, while the other has four dogs, um, has a kid, lives in a house that you own. <laughs> I said you, so you know, that was a dead giveaway, who's who, obviously. But yeah, it's just something that I feel uh, presents a unique opportunity because there could be some opportunity for discourse and um, truly using this as an opportunity to communicate and actively listen and understand the other person's side. Because I may never be a mother and she will never not be a mother. So I think this is an interesting time and I couldn't be more excited to have future episodes with my lovely co-host and to meet her daughter really freaking soon. And, you know, just to talk more about this stuff because it's womanly to be a mother and it's womanly not to be a mother. So what does that mean for us and for everybody else? So that's something that I'm excited to explore. Um, but that was blah, 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 blah about me and my co-host. And so let's move on because we have some exciting things happening in today's episode. So we are on season four episode four, which is like, wow. I had the opportunity to interview someone very special and exciting who is an entrepreneur uh, living in New Mexico. And I'll just say that today's name of the episode and theme of the episode is Pony Up. And the reason we called it that is because there's a lot of shit going down that people need to pony up and take responsibility for. Um, however, it's also because I interviewed Kendra Loring and she works with horses in her business, Enchanted Equine Adventures. Um, so she works with horses, which, you know, pony up. I'm so hilarious. <laughs> anyway, back to what's important is that I got to talk with Kendra Loring about her business, Enchanted Equine Adventures, and her wonderful work with horses and how it can be extremely beneficial and enlightening to um, all walks of people. Um, but before I, you know, officially introduce her, I did think it was important to go through some horse puns because there are a lot of them, surprisingly. So I thought I would share a few. Uh, one is get off your high horse. <laughs> I'm sure most of you know that one. Um, here's a good one. I wasn't planning to take a vacation, but I did. It was a spur of the moment decision. I guess that's just like you're a cowboy horse. Or am I just not very horse knowledge up? Not sure. Um, lost the bet. Pony up. Also, pony up if, you know, get some balls. <laughs> That's pretty much the equivalent of that. Uh, why the long face? Come on, you guys. That's a really good one, right? Are you late for your appointment? You better hoof it. Okay. Oh, here's a good one. This shindig's getting too rowdy. Rain it in, party people. Again, I guess that's if the horse has the proper equipment. 
Hmm. How about this? Yes, I just got promoted, but now I'm saddled with a ton more responsibility. Let's show up for the main event. Like main, M-A-N-E, get it? Okay, I promise I am done now. That was a really exciting part of our episode, I know. Um, just to get a little bit of sillies out before we talk about the real deep and intelligent nature of horses. Um, just really quickly, though, before we jump into the interview with Kendra, which I know you are all waiting for, uh, I just want to say pony up to uh, a couple of other parties who need to hear it. So um, let's see. One, uh, pony up Trump. Let's uh, figure out NAFTA and the trade deals and try to stop fucking over Mexico and Canada and being a crazy authoritarian fascist dictator. That would be great. Also, Texas voters, pony up as well. Um, we want you not to vote for Ted Cruz. We have this amazing, amazing man running in Texas now who is so much more inspiring. And if you haven't seen his video circulating around social meds, it's going to give you all the feels because he's just talking all kinds of inclusivity about you know, social justice, equal rights, and just everything that, you know, we stand for here at the podcast. So we want him to be voted in, Ted Cruz to be voted out. Um, to be perfectly honest, I'm not even sure if they're running against each other, but I know that they have very opposing viewpoints. Um, let's see, this beautiful man's name is Beto O'Rourke. So check out his video. Um, it's about somebody who initially asks him about his perspective on taking a knee in the NFL, and he just goes on this beautiful speech. So check it out. Pony up Texas voters. Turn out to vote and get this guy in office. Yes! All right, and then finally, uh, I had the opportunity to interview at Google, which was a very interesting experience, mostly positive because, of course, their highly curated and data-driven interview process works. However... They, after, are so transparent in preparing you with the process uh, when you don't get it, which unfortunately I did not, although not so unfortunately, and I'll get into that on a different episode. Um, uh, they did not give me any constructive feedback on what I could have done better or maybe some insight on why I wasn't selected, which is very frustrating when you know that you killed an interview and make very good first impressions. So... A little note to Google, let's pony up and stop worrying about being sued and figure out a way to provide some sort of feedback so that you don't heavily, heavily recruit somebody and then just, you know, sort of just say bye like you never knew each other. I know, I know it's kind of standard in corporate recruiting processes, but I still say pony up, figure it out. Without further ado, I would like to introduce Kendra Loring. So happy to be here today with Kendra Loring, um, owner and past certified riding instructor at Enchanted Equine Adventures um, in New Mexico. And I just couldn't be more thrilled um, to have her here talking about her business and you know just how she makes the world a better place. Um, so you know, Kendra, why don't we start? Um, just give us a quick introduction. Tell us a little bit about you and your business. All right, well, howdy from New Mexico. Um, yeah, I have a therapeutic horseback riding business in the South Valley of Albuquerque, and um, I've been a riding instructor for over 20 years now, 
and I have a bachelor's of science in horses. So, you know, occasionally I, I actually know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and um, yeah, we have five horses here and I've been in business for five years, but I've only been doing it full time for about a year now. I was working part time somewhere else. So now I'm doing this full time. This is my life every day, all day. <laughs> Congratulations for getting to that uh, all day, every day status. That's a no easy feat. <laughs> it's very exciting. Um, so it certainly was not, not not easy to get here, but it's it's been worth it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit um, about you know the expertise of horse riding, benefits of equine therapy, um, you know, stuff that you actually do on a day-to-day -day basis to, to give everybody a, a better understanding of the great work that you do. Sure, sure. Well, at the moment, there's a big push within um, the community of equine-assisted activities and therapies to kind of nail down definitions of, of what we do. So someone calls me on the phone and says, hey, um, I'm looking for equine therapy. Do you do that? And I say, usually I, I say, no, actually, my horses don't need therapy. So we, we don't do that here. <laughs> um, so awesome. then I have to go into it and just explain to them the terminology um, of what, you know, what, what I do and what else is out there in the world. Um, what I teach is horseback riding. And the therapeutic aspect comes from the horse. So the horse basically provides all the therapeutic benefit. And I'm just there to kind of supervise and keep everything safe. And so I, you know, I got a bachelor's of science in horses. And I was teaching riding even when I was in 4-H as a, as a kid on Cape Cod. And I never really... <laughs> I went to college in Providence, Rhode Island to get, um, you know, away from the Cape a little bit. And then my last trimester of my bachelor's degree, I went to do a work study he here in New Mexico. And I fell in love with New Mexico while I was here. So, As you do. So, I, yeah, I know. I got off the Amtrak and I just, I was like, this is it. This is home. This is right here. This is where I was meant to be. So wow. um, I kind of felt it like immediately. Um, That's amazing. And so, but the therapeutic, therapeutic writing background um, that didn't really start until um, I was, um, you know, in my 40s looking to um, really utilize my skills and my degree um, because I'd been in retail for um, almost 20 years. Um, so I really wanted to do something that I was passionate about. And retail was not something I was ever passionate about. I just needed health insurance and <laughs> at the time, <laughs> you know, back in the early nineties, there, there was no health insurance, um, available to the average person. You had to just get a, a job that offered it. So that's what I did. And I got sucked into the, the money and the benefits and all that of retail for almost 20 years. And then um, when I left retail to pursue a job in the horse industry, um, I started to research different aspects of, you know, what I could do. 
and what was available. And um, I have um, a family member with MS and um, I have a couple of people in my family who have PTSD. So that kind of pushed me to research therapeutic writing and what it, what it meant, what it did, what its benefits were. And I started volunteering at a center and I learned as much as I could and then decided, you know what, this is it. This is what I wanna do. And I went and got certified. And um, you know, I do not have a therapy background. I have a horse background. So um, that kind of helped me um, with getting certified. And, um, you know, I learned a lot about different disabilities and um, different abilities. And my point of view as an instructor is that we're all human beings and you're here to learn how to ride a horse, regardless of what your end goal in life is, whether it's to go, you know, be an Olympic rider or just to ride down the ditch in New Mexico, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, the end goal so is to ride the horse. <laughs> right, exactly. So I teach pretty much everyone the same. Um, and I just take into consideration sometimes people's different sensitivities, um, sure. you know, whether it be touch or sound or, um, you know, even learning disabilities. Um, so that, that it struck a chord, therapeutic writing struck a chord with me. And it seems so far to be going really well um, in here in, in Albuquerque, the, the people of Albuquerque have really embraced the, the business and uh, you sure. know, we've been taking off just more lessons all the time. So it's, uh, it's been a process, but I'm, I'm really happy where we are right now. That's amazing. And do you focus on um, particular age groups? Um, do you work with um, you know, all gender identities, how, 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 like what you, you mentioned a couple of, you know, disabilities versus abilities. Um, mm -hmm. what, how do you find your perfect clients? Yeah, well, therapeutic writing is good for, for everyone. Um, and the, usually the target market that I am going for is school age children or seniors. That right now is my big focus. Um, I have a huge group of homeschooled children. And, um, you know, they use it as their, you know, their outdoor activity, recreation. Some of them ride together in groups so they can have that interaction with different kids um, their age. Um, and then I have a huge group of senior women who either have their own horses or used to ride you know, got thrown, got into an accident, um, and are just trying to build up their confidence. Wow. Um, so those are my That's two amazing. biggest focuses right now. But yeah. therapeutic writing is good for, for anybody and everyone, you know. I feel um, very lucky men, to have lived in New Mexico where there are horses aplenty. And, you know, mm. things like this are at least you know, maybe more embraced, as you said, and kind of the culture of Albuquerque and New Mexico in general, because I, um, you know, at one point worked in behavioral health services and had um, teenagers participating um, in horse activities for mostly therapy purposes. And I just, there was almost 
almost nothing like it. Um, you know, we took them to all kinds of programming all of the time and mm -hmm. um, there wasn't a whole lot that um, really transformed them in quite the way. I mean, the way that it seemed to teach them how to work together if they were work if they were living in a you know group um home situation um mm -hmm. the the kind of calm it seemed to bring them when they returned from the activity um you know the only the only thing i saw quite like it um in albuquerque at all was art street part of healthcare for the homeless um down to in downtown mm -hmm. albuquerque and you know they had it had a similar kind of trance like effect on the the kids we brought over there but um, you know, I was really excited to talk to you because I feel really lucky to have just seen even just a small piece of what it could provide to people in terms of relief, in terms of, uh, you know, just uh, mindfulness or just a moment of peace. I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I felt very lucky to have any sort of experience um, seeing the benefits because it just seems um, enormous. And I'm surprised that it's, it's uh, not more widely known about. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's getting there, and and because there's so many different facets of equine assisted activities and therapies, that you know, people people get confused. You know, therapeutic riding is not covered by insurance. Um, yeah. It's not deemed medically necessary. Um, but there's lots of mental health programs that work with horses on the ground um, with an equine handler as well as um, some sort of therapist or social worker or psychologist. Hmm. Um, and then okay. there's hippotherapy, which is, is it's either uh, physical therapy, occupational therapy, or speech therapy on the back of a horse. So you're just using, utilizing the, the movement of the horse to help with um, the services from those therapists. And oh, wow. that's all that's paid by, you know, for insurance. Um, so that's covered, but so therapeutic riding and adaptive riding, you know, are kind of left to the side of that equation, unfortunately. But, you know, I mean, we're working on it. There's lots of research happening. And yeah. I think eventually they'll, they'll recognize the, the benefits of it. Sure. Yeah. And, I mean, they're tremendous. We see it. I mean, those of us who have been around it have, have seen it. Um, right. The cool thing about a horse is that they're a prey animal and they're a very large prey animal um so their survival for you know millions of years was dependent upon the other um horses in their herd and so as a predator the relationship that we have with this gigantic prey animal is very very unique and so as as we as humans if we come to a horse and we say you know we're fine and we're happy and everything's good and you know hunky-dory but on the inside it's not really that way so <laughs> the horse will tell you that that's not that's not the truth of what is happening with you right now so if your wow. blood pressure is skyrocketing you know or you're you have anxiety for whatever reason the horse will you know will tell us that that's that's actually what's happening and the cool thing about working with a horse is that they have this amazing ability to lower the blood pressure of the human. So if you are having a bad day for whatever reason, being with them, grooming them, hanging out with them, 
working with them in the round pen, riding, all of those things can help to lower your blood pressure. So that's why you see that kind of euphoria after. So oh, it's pretty cool. It's that pretty is cool super to watch. cool. Wow. I didn't realize that. I was like, it really does seem like they were coming back in a trance, but <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. The science yep. is helpful. Yep. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. That's so cool. So I, I would love just, you know, because we are, um, you know, a very women-centered um, and women-focused podcast, I'd love to just hear a little bit more about your experience um, working with senior women. What's that like? Oh, you know, and I, I didn't really expect um, when I first set out, when, you know, when I wrote my business plan and I did all the homework and all that stuff, senior women were not really on my radar as a client. Sure. But as my business started to grow um, and my name started to get out there, all of a sudden I had all these older, retired women calling me, asking me for riding lessons. And pro probably about half of them have their own horses. Um, and working with them has been the most fun time. You know, I'm just, I love hanging out with them and watching them. Some of them, like I said, have their own horses, so they'll ride here with me on my horses some weeks, and then we'll go to their place and ride their horses some weeks. Um, That's but great. That it's been it's been fantastic to watch that, and they're so open to hearing, you know, a different point of view, and looking at utilizing their own bodies better while riding the horse. It's it's changed it changed a lot of them physically and you know emotionally just being able to ride their horse and and use their bodies wow that's so incredible how how amazing yeah. to see yeah i mean especially as a kind of an unexpected but beautiful client group that has found you it sounds like um what an amazing experience i feel like there are so yeah. many wonderful things going on for mm -hmm. women um in albuquerque i feel like i hear about that um, quite a bit, which is why I feel a lot of our show ends up being, um, you know, still very New Mexico focused because I, you know, aside from the fact that of course we have connections there, I just feel, um, I don't know, I know some really powerful, wonderful women there. <laughs> Do you feel like you have a lot of um, woman-centered support as a business owner in New Mexico or has that been a challenge? Oh, no, I've been completely, in, I mean, completely embraced by the women of New Mexico, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, especially the senior women, they are super loyal. And they, I mean, I, I have women who have been with me since the beginning, super loyal. They're, you know, the first one to write a review, a post a review, or, you know, do any of those things that I've asked them to do. Um, yeah. And the homeschool community, the, the, the moms of the homeschool community in Albuquerque have kind of taken me in as one of their own. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, I know. I, and who, I had no clue that the homeschool community was, was this big in, in Albuquerque. I really, I really had no idea. And um, How they, big is they've it? completely embraced me. And there's thousands of families that homeschool here. Wow. And, you know, for whatever reason, um, and a lot of those families aren't even from New Mexico, so um, I think some of them it's easier for them to homeschool than to than to work with the um, public school system. But 
Sure. Yeah. And, and just the, the other women that I've worked with along the way, because I'm all about free stuff. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> I, I start. I started this business with no money, no, no startup cash, no working capital, no nothing. So I started with nothing. I still have no working capital, but anyway, um, You're getting I, there. everything, every, <laughs> every program that I could find in Albuquerque that was free, I, I attended it and I met people and I networked the whole, the, this whole time I've been working on that um, for five years now. So I've met a ton of women um, that have really, really helped me along the way, whether they're other small business owners or, you know, one lady works at the um, small business development center and she talks about me everywhere she goes. <laughs> Cause oh, she's amazing. been with me since before I even started the business. So um, yeah, the women of this community have been just fantastic. I, I, I've honestly been blown away by the support. That's so cool. Well, it must be a trend there because I feel like I know a ton of women who are solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, um, you know, kicking butt owning their businesses in Albuquerque in large part because of um, all of the support they're getting from other women too. So I'm so happy to hear that you're having that experience as well because it's one of my favorite things about the area. It's, it's really wonderful. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I know, I mean, I'm from Massachusetts and I've lived all over the country and I know that I could not have done this anywhere else yeah you know new mexico albuquerque that this is the place that i was meant to be i was meant to start my business here i could not have succeeded you know for five years and anywhere else but here so oh, i'm very well, lucky this is so cool <laughs> i'm so happy that uh, your business exists <laughs> i mean it's the work is tremendous you know not to get too political but because we do talk um, you know, about current events and political issues on this podcast. I just have to ask, you know, do you think that um, environmental stress, so, um, you know, the impact of everything going on in the world today, no matter, you know, what side you're on, what your perspective is, but things are harsh, right? A lot of natural disasters are happening. Um, there's just a lot of pain and despair in the world right now. Do you think that um, there's an impact of that on our individual stress and how, how might working with horses, um, you know, have a positive impact if so. Oh yeah, for sure. It definitely, it, it affects me and my family, you know, all, all of my clients and coming out here and just hanging out with a horse, just, just literally just hanging out with them, watching them eat um, my guys are super friendly, so they'll come and sit in your lap pretty much. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, just being with just brings you back to uh, that state of tranquility. It's really, really quiet out here. We're as, almost as far south as you can go um, in the city, and we're right on the ditch. So, and we're on a cul-de-sac, so it's super, super quiet. There's lots of trees and nature and just being outdoors with the horses even in the shade you know we have cottonwoods and you can just hang out underneath the cottonwoods with the horses oh, um, amazing it, it just 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's just an escape. You know, you put your phone down because <laughs> you can't ride with your phone. <laughs> um, you know, there's no, TV, there's no TV. I wouldn't have even thought about that. Oh my God. Turn in your phones before you, <laughs> before you go riding. <laughs> huh? Yeah. And I have a bunch of clients who don't, you know, you don't even think about it. Your phone's in your back pocket and it's just there. And then you get on the horse. And you know what? You're sitting on your phone. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's, sound very it's not good. <laughs> There's so many reasons why it's not good. I mean, it's not good for your body's alignment. It's not good for your state of mind. It's not good for the horse because you're yeah. communicating with the horse through your seat bones. So sitting on your phone is not good. So, you know, phones either stay in the car or, you know, I hold on to them and they stay in the tack room. And you just let all of that stuff go and you just live with the horse. That's so amazing. You know? That sounds so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. For those I mean, I am, I'm not a therapist by any means, but we do end up having, you know, some, some fun, interesting conversations out here while we're, we're riding. And sometimes I even end up riding with my clients um, for whatever reason, if I want to show them you know, how to do a maneuver or, you know, if it makes them more comfortable. Sure. Um, and so we just end up just talking about life, you know, I try not to talk about too many political things happening in the world because that's too much of a downer right now. So, you know, we'll just talk about life and how things are going and, you know, so it, uh, yeah, it ends it up being a, a pretty amazing hour. A yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. For those yeah. of us who, you know, live in a bigger city and, and maybe um, don't have quite the same kind of access, is there anything you'd recommend, um, you know, looking into resource-wise? Like, what should we be Googling? Like, looking for horse ranches or like, how can you find a horse to, to have a wonderful experience with if you're not, um, you know, living in New Mexico where there's, there's lots of horses around? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, if you don't live in the Wild West, you're not surrounded by horses all the time. <laughs> so um, if you just Google therapeutic riding or riding stables in my area, um, you know, and go and try a couple of different places. Um, you're not going to click with every instructor. Um, so try a couple of different places and see, you know, see who you like. Try maybe just going on a trail ride. Um, the good thing for me, in in my mind, is when you go for a riding lesson, you're not just handed a horse that's tacked up and ready to go. You're taught how to groom the horse, maybe how to put the horse's halter on, how to tack the horse up. So you have all that time to bond with the horse. Oh, and okay. for me yeah. as an instructor, that's really important because if you just are handed a horse, here you go, get on and go. You don't have any idea about this being that you're sitting on. So yeah. It gives you some no time to just, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I would, that's what I would Google, you know, look for reviews of different places, ask a couple of different people, um, you know, find one that's kid friendly. Lots of places that are kid friendly have, you know, really good beginner horses for adults too. Oh yeah. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So there is hope out there for us to dwellers <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah heck yeah yep definitely That's amazing well I know we're almost out of time and I want to make sure that we leave some time um, for you to share any 
um, upcoming programs or promotions that you have going on. I mean, it's, it's so wonderful to hear that um, you know, business is going well and uh, people are really starting to hear about all the great work you're doing. So anything you'd like to share for our listeners out there? I know we got a lot of New Mexico folks that are listening in. Oh yeah, heck yeah, definitely. So um, I have room in my writing schedule for new um, new lessons, and they're just an hour lesson. So um, I have room for a couple of uh, one-on-ones and a couple of group lessons as well. And we have for the rest of the summer we have a horsemanship program, and that runs on um, Monday, just Monday, and it's from nine to three. And it's through the end of July. And then at the end of July, we have a big uh, horse show and birthday party that um, kids in the program put on uh, for friends and family. So that's July 29th, I believe. It's a Sunday. Sounds awesome. And um, that's free. You know, it's just a fun party. The kids... Um, show off for their families what they learned all summer and we ride and round pen the horses and then um, when after that's finished we have the the birthday party portion of it and uh, the kids get to play bobbing for apples against the horses and (laughs) maybe some fun games and stuff I want to play against a horse bobbing for apples maybe I'll fly in All right, all right. <laughs> it's pretty fun. We have a we have a five year old. Um, I adopted um, a horse that Linda was pregnant, and uh, so now we have a five year old horse in our program. Who's not he's not really being a riding horse just yet, but the kids love him to death, and so it's his birthday. Aww. So um, he's the best at bobbing for apples. So the kids love playing against him. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> so that's always fun. Yeah. I hope and, you get a video um, of that. We'll post it on our page if you, <laughs> you have a Oh, video for sure. For sure. We'll, we'll have lots of videos. <laughs> yep. And then um, we're going to have, I don't have a date just yet, but we're going to have a half day um, little clinic for uh, first responders in town. Oh, nice. Um, to do uh, horsemanship. Uh, it's totally free of charge for any first responder in the metro area. And that um, we'll just learn everything from grooming and round pen work to tacking up. Um, and if we even have time, some riding. Oh, that is such so, a cool idea. That, I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. You have great yeah, stuff. Yeah, we're going to open <laughs> We do, we do. We wanted to open it up to um, to employees of MDC of the jail as well, because we know, you know, what those guys go through on a daily basis too. So, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> we'll of course ask for some proof of employment, but um, but yeah, it'll be totally free of charge. So. Just a quick update. This event will be happening, but not until next year. So still plenty of time to create excitement around it. So Albuquerque folks, if you are interested, um, definitely get in touch with Kendra. That is so amazing. A lot of of fun stuff happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, amazing, amazing stuff. And um, again, since we have so many wonderful New Mexico listeners, and of course we support the amazing work that you're doing. If you have any 
links or like I said, videos, anything that you'd like to share, um, feel free to email it to me. I'd be happy to, to send it out to our folks. Um, Great. Because, yeah, we just, we love the work you're doing and it was so much fun talking to you about it today. I, I really um, can't thank you enough for being here and for um, just doing such important work in the community. We need you. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, thank you so much I, I i'm one of those people who gets to say very happily that i love my job so thank you for having me on and i appreciate the, the time <laughs>